What's up, Joes? And a welcome to another edition of After the Bell. Jeff Shanahan and Ryan Dempsey are back. UFC 217 just wrapped up. It is currently 1.44 in the morning. Uh, the time change is about to happen in about 16 minutes. So All pretty right, soon. so it's only 12.44. Yeah, so in about, you know, 15 minutes, like I said, it's going to be 1 a.m. again. So, yay! Woo-hoo. Oh, hi, Ryan. Hi, sir. How was uh, how was your birthday celebration? Oh man, uh, I was uh, I was just telling you a little about it, but um, Thursday night was absolutely fucking amazing. Uh, the 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 crowd at the Token Show was beyond incredible. I've never played for a crowd like that outside of town before. And it was really cool. It was a lot of people that have never seen us before. And everybody was was out in the crowd having a good time, getting down, throwing a lot of energy back at the stage. And it was just, it was mind-blowing. It was an awesome crowd. And then nice. uh, Token put on a phenomenal show. Come to find out the kid uh, had uh, strep throat. And was, like, in the emergency room hours before the show getting shots in the ass. Oh, shit, really? Yeah, well, we showed up because we had to load in at, like, 4. So we showed up at 4 because we're professionals. And uh, I'm talking to the promoter, and he's like, yeah, the uh, they're running a little bit behind. They'll be here, like, 5.30-ish or something, you know, whatever. And I was just like, all right, cool. So we went down the street to Founders, and... Went and went and had a few beers and stuff down at Founders and was just like hanging out talking to my buddy Luke, and then uh, so we came went back to the venue and like, I had no idea you know I didn't see Token I just figured he was hanging out on his out on his van or whatever, and uh, he gets up to play a set and then yeah come to find out he starts talking about it he went to the doctor and they sent him to the hospital to the ER, and uh, he was had strep throat and they had to give him a couple of shots and tour manager and stuff was trying to get him to cancel the show, but he refused and went on and performed flawlessly. Like this 19 year old kid, he just commanded the crowd, high energy, didn't miss a beat. Like it was, it was fucking awesome. And then yesterday I got day drunk. (laughs) I, I time traveled through my birthday Actually, well, actually, that started at midnight the night before because I left the show and went and met up with a friend of mine uh, in, in, at a Grand Rapids bar. Had a couple of shots of Jameson and a, and a beer and then went and had some hot dogs at Yesterdog because that's what you do when you're in Grand Rapids. If you don't go to Yesterdog, you fucked up. And then, uh, yeah, so then yesterday after or yesterday morning, I, I started drinking like 11.30, with the intentions of having a beer or maybe two, getting some lunch and taking a nap to go <coughs> drink later like a normal human being. Right. And that didn't happen because I drank at the brewery and then I walked next door to the distillery and had a bunch of whiskey and then walked back next door to the brewery, had more beer, had some food, then drank more beer, and then walked my drunk ass home. I woke up this morning at like six o'clock in the morning wishing I was dead. <laughs> Ugh. Oh my God. Oh, it's funny because uh, yesterday, I forget, like we were just kind of messaging a little bit back and forth. 
and uh, just randomly were like, "Yeah, so I'm getting day drunk right now." Yeah. And so I wrote to and I just laughed and Carrie said, "What are you laughing?" I said, "Oh, I, I guess just uh, getting day drunk." She goes, "What's day drunk?" I'm like, you know, when you get drunk in the day, she goes, "That's not a thing. It's just drunk." <laughs> no, drunk's at nighttime. Yeah, yeah. Day drunk. So though, she goes, "No, drunk is drunk." We hadn't mean her somehow had like a ten minute conversation. On what, uh, on what classifies as drunk or what classifies as day drunk. Well, like, I mean, they're both drunk, but day drunk is just a different thing. It's like, a special, it's a special yeah. thing you pull well, on well, an occasion. When you, like, when you get nighttime drunk, you have done stuff during the day. You have probably ate food. You know, you probably drank some water. You know, thing, things like that. Like, I did none of those things yesterday. I did have a slice of pizza in between beer one and beer two. <laughs> But that was it. Yeah, it was presented in front of me. I couldn't say no. But, um, yeah, I didn't have any water yesterday, I don't think. And I was probably really dehydrated from the night before from sweating a ton because it was hot as fuck in the stash. And the lights were very bright, and I was wearing dark clothing and pants. I don't like pants. Pants are like leg prisons. They really are. Yeah, they're fucking leg prisons, man. I want. It could be like I don't, whatever. The, I don't know if it's like minus thirty Celsius is probably about. Uh, I don't know, like. I think we're sixty. So it's probably like. I don't know. I'm not even gonna try. I'm too high for that shit. Yeah, like well, because thirty-two is zero, so we'll probably say like it's like minus ten Fahrenheit or thereabouts. I'll still wear shorts. I don't care. Not me, not anymore. I work outside too much. Like I get cold as fuck. Oh, that's right. Yeah, and you're yeah, like no uh, no heat and no yeah. Yeah, some days no heat. I haven't. I have been lucky in the heat works and all the trailers that I've been in so far. But yeah, um, cold is a real thing because even even when it's warm inside the trailer, I still got to do shit outside. So right, it's cold. I don't wear shorts when it's cold anymore. But yeah, pants, leg presents. So, yeah, I spent a good majority of my day today trying to not be hungover, and it took a lot. I had to walk back to my truck today in the rain because Uh that was my penance for the sins that I committed yesterday. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, all right. Yeah, well. We forgive you, my son. Yeah, I had needed <laughs> forgiveness. I'm pretty sure it was the whiskey, but the 8% and the 10% beer didn't hurt either. And I think mixing yeah. the, the two together. Yeah. I thought the, I thought the burger, I don't know how the fuck I didn't get sick. I really don't know how the fuck. I, 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 caught, I cut myself off at the right moment. You think, yeah, like you just want to take a couple more would have been, that would have been it. I think one more might have gone over the line because the 10% was only a snifter. It wasn't like a, even a pint. Okay. So, right. so it was just enough. But like another chalice of, of fucking 8% beer, I probably would have puked on my walk home. Yeah, that would, uh, well, that would have been the, uh, I see on the cake for the for the birthday of the night. Dude, I haven't thrown up on my birthday since I was in my twenties. I don't want to do it anymore. <laughs> I think, think twenty eight was the last <coughs> puked birthday, and all I did was drink whiskey that night. Ugh. 
I yeah. took shots. Those ones get up fast. I took shots uh, Thursday night for like the first time in forever. I genuinely refuse shots if I can, but um, <clears throat> the first shot that was offered came from the artist that opened up before us. And him and I became like instant friends because we realized we're close to the same age <laughs> and we grew up listening to the same like 2000s metal. So we became okay, nice. we became instant friends and he offered to buy me a shot of Jameson for my birthday. And so I felt rude saying no. And then when I went to meet my friend Foster, he also was buying me shots of Jameson. So it was... I, I was a responsible boy, though. I cut myself off and stopped drinking for like an hour before I went and got food. Responsible. Yeah. It took 34 years, but you finally got there, right? I'm always responsible, sir. I'm just in the hard time. That's why, that's why I walk home. <coughs> because I've yeah, been all, to jail. I, I, <coughs> I, was just, I just like the fact that every time you say they whatever stories are going out and drinking, whatever you drive home or you, you walk home and you walk next day, you get your truck because I know a lot of people who have avoided like the DUIs and the accidents and all kind of stuff. But it's just like, you hear the stories that they tell you like, are, are you an idiot? Like, I mean, all it takes is that one time where you just, you know, you, you miss that red light or for you sure. some like, like any, any small little thing. Right. Oh dude, I won't, I won't even sit here and like as responsible as I am, I have also been very irresponsible many times in my 34 years of life when it comes to alcohol. I have I have drove to go to fucking meet with women definitely when I shouldn't have been driving. So I proposed after one too many. I mean, come on. Yeah, well, I mean proposing <laughs> and and driving for for sexes are, are two different things. Yeah. I mean, you kind of even if you're drunk, you kind of you you know what you're getting yourself into. You you want that. I mean, don't get me wrong. I want the sex too, but I also don't want to go <laughs> yes. to jail for it. But something when I've had too much whiskey tells me just do it. It's fine. So I was whiskey up on your shoulder. Dude, and especially like the way I used to drink whiskey, like three four years ago, if I played, it was it was straight seven and sevens all night long, and they were very strong. So, and I've always I've always taken at least two like I take two beers with me on stage, and sometimes I have to get more, but I always took two seven and sevens, and would usually end up with a third one, and would just drink straight. Straight up, just sevens and sevens, no beer, no anything else, just all night long, and then try to drive home. Stupid. Yeah, when it, when it comes to anything like that's not like beer or wine, I'm just usually like a shot of Jameson, but that's as far as it goes. Like I just can't. I get, I get like it's. I just get angry more than anything else, and it's just like it's something comes out to me that I just don't like. So it's usually like I'll do it once here and there, but that's it. Canadian whiskey. And I mean, bourbon does, I, I guess pretty much everything whiskey doesn't really do anything to me bad as far as like anger and shit like that, except for Jack Daniels. Oh, um, okay. that's the only one. And I won't touch Jack Daniels. Like I won't, the smell of it makes me almost want to puke, but 
if I drink Seagram Seven or Crown or Canadian Club or something like that, on you know just whatever, I'm happy, jovial, whatever, and and unless you piss me off, <coughs> whiskey's not gonna cause a problem with me. So it, but if you give me other liquors, it can be. That's why I just I stick to to whiskey if I'm drinking liquor. I don't drink Jaeger anymore because it just makes me puke. And I haven't drank Jaeger I've, since I, my early I've 20s. never been a fan of Jaeger. It's like, disgusting. I, I, was, I, I was probably like, yeah, like 22, 23. I was at a sports bar by a, where I used to go every night after work. And uh, one at the bartender goes, hey, this, uh, I poured one too many um, uh, Jaeger bombs. Mm-hmm. I was like, you want one? I said, uh, sure, I'll try one. And just could barely even get it. Like, didn't throw up, didn't whatever. Just the taste of it just was like, nah, this is. Uh, it just turned me right off right away. I was just, you know, take my beer. I'm happy. I'm good. Yeah. Yep. I uh, I used to like Jaeger when I was 20. I I would drink that shit straight out of the bottle warm. I didn't care, but, you know, with anything, you drink it Oof. too much. You drink too yeah. much and you get too drunk one night and you puke your guts out on it, and then you just don't want to drink it again. And then my 21st birthday completely ruined it, so maybe even my 22nd. I don't know. I don't know. I didn't drink liquor for a really long time because I didn't really find a lot of liquors that I liked. Tequila was okay. I learned that I like really good tequila. Like Cabo Wabo, that's like my favorite. Chilled Cabo Wabo, god damn, dude, that shit's fucking amazing. But yeah, the only like handful of times that I've ever had tequila was just Harari's at Woods would just order them or tend to bring them over to the table, and that was about it. Like, there was, I have no idea, it could have been the highest end stuff, it could have been the dirtiest stuff from behind. <laughs> Bar like bar water added into the bar. I had no idea, right? Uh, no, I uh, now it's just beer mostly. That beer's where it's at, but not, a nice, uh, nice red wine once in a while. Not yesterday. Yesterday was <laughs> was very much a mix of whiskeys. So that's been my weekend, and then we had a fucking amazing fight card. Holy shit! I'm still, I'm just, I'm still, like, I'm still, but all the three champs aren't still. I was going to say, there is no and still tonight. (laughs) (laughs) I can't even put into words, like, like we were talking very, a very small amount going into, like, what, during the card. Uh, I think it was just before the GSP card, or fight I said, I think fight to 10 minutes is going to be, like, impossible for me. I'm just about done, like. Boy. And then that, sec- that second round destroyed me. Like, I'm sitting there just well, yeah. the Oh, my God, this third round is going to be... Like, I thought it was going to be over in this second round. I was going to say... I was going to say, like, and like, in, in, if you would have asked me going into the card, like, this would have been... This would have been the biggest surprise of the night was G- if GSP could have won the card, could have won the fight, because I didn't think Rose was a possibility at all. I didn't give GSP a lot of chance, but I, but I, you know, there was always a chance because he could, he could do certain things. Well, um, I actually was talking to Kara uh, yesterday, uh, and then I reminded her again this evening after the fight that 
the one thing that you said stood out that would help GSP was the submission because of Gary Tonin. Yep, the Danaher's Death Squad, you know, man. And uh, I was telling Kara, I'm like, you know, she says, how, you know, we always like, how was the show about one? So, you know, Jeff, I mean, <clears throat> told her my piece. I said, like, Jeff, he's really on Bisping. Like, he was almost like trying to tell me how GSP could win, just kind of like lighten the blow come tonight kind of deal, you know? And, uh, we were talking about the submissions, and I was reading an article yesterday from Gary Tonin saying how he thinks GSP is in the submit biz. Being us, it's like, oh god, this is the stars are aligning. This can't possibly happen. But like when that third round happened, I was actually I was getting ready to message you and say, oh god, not another round, because I found out that I was uh, slightly ahead of you. Yeah, you were about a uh, you were about a minute or so, maybe a little bit ahead of me. But see, I think yeah. it happens because you watch it on straight cable, where I'm getting it from the internet. So, right, like my feed sometimes is a little behind because it's got a buffer right. and, and bullshit. But yeah, yeah, during the Ioana and Rose fight, we discovered you were ahead. Right. <clears throat> but yeah, like I was getting ready <laughs> to say like not another round of this, but I didn't want you to like think something like that had happened at the end of the round. I just couldn't take. What was happening? Like he's slowing down. He's looking lethargic. He's just not looking good. But then all of a sudden, it started pouring. It looked even worse and worse and worse. But God damn. Well, yeah. I mean, he he did that that first round. He started looking slow and and breathing heavy. And I thought, all right, Bisbing's gonna gonna be able to take this one. You know, this, yep. this is where it starts. And you know, George is hitting him, but. Again, I said, you know, I said to everybody watching him, like, he's got to, he's not going to knock him out. He's got to kill him to knock him out. Right. And and, yeah. and Bisbing, Bisbing stood true to that because even when GSP dropped him, he couldn't finish him. Michael, no, Michael continued he, to fight. He took some shots. Yeah. He took a lot of shots. But like those elbows, Kara's even saying, like, God, the elbows, like, stop, stop, stop. Like, why are they going to, I'm like, He's defending still. Like he's still going. Like his legs are up, his arms are up. He's defending everything. Yeah, I mean Bisping, or you could tell, even GSP was shocked when he landed that strike. You can see it in his face as he hit yeah. him and he dropped. Like he stepped back and he was just kind of like, oh, and then you know snapped back into it and rushed in and finished yeah. it. Yeah, tried to well, finish he even it. Said, he even said uh, when he was talking to Rogan, you know, was let's take a look at your handiwork or let's take a look and see the, the, the shot that changed it. He goes, uh, he said something on the lens of like, uh, yeah, I want to see it too. Cause I don't remember any of it. Yeah. I remember <laughs> him he, saying that. So too, like in that remember. moment, like he just didn't, he just like, he wasn't, I think like, yeah, he said he was in the shock. He was banged up and just everything was coming to a head at that moment. But <sighs> it was, it was amazing. I mean, I, I, I can't believe it. Cannot believe it. Still in shock. I, mean, well, I messaged you right after the fight. Like I said, like I'm sitting over here shaking right now. Like I could, I was <clears throat> heart in my throat, nervous as all for this fight, just because like I figured he was going to lose, but I just wanted to see him pull off that one win, just because. But when he did, I was just like, oh my god, oh my god, like, he's like, this is actually like what? Like, can't believe I just saw. Like it was. And it's not like Michael Bisping was like, you know, thirty and oh, and like this like sixteen time defending champ. Like he's a warrior who's only has like one title defense, but still it's just 
the whole storyline of GSP coming back. Well, it was, I mean, like, the whole thing made sense. I mean, him coming up away, well, why the deck is going to be stacked against him and why I didn't think he could do it. He proved me wrong, but he was coming up a weight class, giving up weight, a lot more power than he's used to be hit, used to being hit by. Um, right. Yeah. You know, uh, just just bigger guys, more reach, more length that he's going up against. Four years out of the cage. Um, you know, the wily veteran who's seemed just to be able to fight through everything. Nobody can really stop him when they, you know, unless they kill him. So yeah, it was it was it was Daniel versus uh, versus Goliath or David versus Goliath, Daniel versus the lion, whatever the fuck, <laughs> whatever goddamn biblical analogy you want to use. How about uh, God? Oh, you mean uh, uh, Stephen <laughs> Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's Lord and Savior baby? <laughs> Oh, Stephen Thompson, he was something else tonight. All yeah. praises to our Lord and Savior, baby. <laughs> you know what? Uh, we, we need to get like, the uh, uh, the Ricky Bobby of MMA coming out soon. Oh, God. Yeah, let's... Uh, I don't know. That was <laughs> weird. That was so weird. But back to the fight. So... The thing... So after the fight, the thing that I continued to scream at the TV while George was being interviewed, was, are you going to fight Bobby Knuckles? Yeah, he dodged that question beautifully. Because I don't think he wants to. It's weird because, like, yeah, when they asked him about it, he said that he didn't want to fight middleweight because he was too small at the time, but he was also too small for welterweight, and now he's still at welterweight side. Like, he didn't... Well, right at the end of it, he was like, you know, I was concerned about it, but it's okay now, and I think I'll, I'm okay. What the fuck does that mean, George? Does that mean you're going to fight at welterweight and defend the title, or are you going to just vacate the bitch and let... Middleweight. I'm sorry, the middleweight. You're going to you going to stay at middleweight, or are you going to vacate the title? Are you going to fight Tyron Woodley? Because that seems like another possibility... Well, the, the, you were saying that you watched that uh, the post fight on FS1 or whatever. Part of it, yeah. I was they were talking to TJ. I didn't. I when started they were, it with Rose. I forget if they were talking to Rose or if it was right before that. But uh, Woodley announced that he's willing to fight GSP for the middleweight title. Oh, he was willing to go up to fight yeah, him. Like he he said he says I'll fight him because they were talking about that tweet that he had put out. When GSP was kind of coming back, yeah, saying about uh, you know why are you running, George, come come face me at Walter or something along those lines, and he said uh, the the girl was said something about where do you stand on that now or something. Says, oh, uh, I'm I'm willing to go up and fight him right now at middleweight. And Chris Weidman just kind of looked at him, was like, "You fucking kidding me right now?" Like he had that look on his face, like get out of here, like no, we already have too many. Traffic jams and too many weight divisions. Let's not create two more traffic jams. Like, well, it's gonna be a traffic jam at eighty-five anyway because who knows what George's next move is gonna be. Well, they've said if George doesn't defend, it's just gonna be promote um, Whitaker. But how much time are they gonna let George mull around? 
221 and when they're in, they want to go to Perth and they want Whitaker to headline, I'm sure they're going to try and do everything that they can to have that feature the title one they, way or another. They want, but think of the outrage if they strip him at that point that quickly when they've given Connor over a year and not defended his belt. Yeah, but they could justify saying that they've learned from the Connor thing where they don't want to hold up divisions. Yeah, they, but, I mean, but that's a quick turnaround too. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it's it's a few months off, but that's a quick turnaround coming off a guy that that <clears throat> just fought his first fight in four years. Oh no, definitely. But and is he and, is he going to be the one? Do you think he's going to agree to have his first title defense be in Australia? Or New Zealand or wherever. Oh no, I, I I think that when they announced that it was going to be Whitaker versus whoever in Perth, it was our, it was that statement really was pointless because yeah, like, I think that having that card was it like four maybe four and a half months away, it just it. it it just seemed like too fast a turnover for either Bisping or GSP. I don't. It's it's uh, not that far away, is it? It's only two twenty one. Yeah, it's in what, February, isn't oh, yeah, it? Well, yeah, yeah, because I forgot uh, December has two cards, right? Yeah, That's, yeah, two nineteen yeah. is at the end of December, so. Yeah, so so February, so yeah, so yeah, so three months, yeah. So I don't know. I just I don't. Know, I can kind of see them wanting to. To somehow have a title fight for Whitaker, and that, like you sure. have him defend interim title while there's still an undisputed, or not undisputed, but while there's a champ, like it's uh, this whole thing is just this is where the problem with all these belts comes into play. This is the problem they created. Definitely, they created this problem. Sure, they would love to have Robert Whitaker headlining a card, either fighting for to unify or defending his belt. But you ain't gonna make GSP do a goddamn thing, right? No, yeah. Unless he comes out and says, "I want to go to welterweight," I'm giving up. Unless he comes out and makes that statement himself. But then also, what if he says, "I want to fight Tyron Woodley for the middleweight title"? Yeah. Well, I mean. At what point then do you say Woodley hasn't defended his belt since March, and then if he fights him before 221, then you're looking at Woodley going almost a year without defending. When do you strip him? Because Connor was stripped with it just around a year. Yeah, but you also don't really have a justifiable... I mean, I guess they, they could promote Wonder Boy, but up until recently, you didn't have a justifiable uh, candidate a person that should outright get the title shot anyway in that division, where uh, and and Lawler's got a case for it, but I mean he's still he still should would have to fight Wonder Boy now, especially. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, <clears throat> even though even though he does deserve it because he didn't get an immediate rematch because he took time off, but also you've got. Part of the reason why Tyron hasn't fought is because he's been injured. You're not going to strip a guy off of an knee injury unless it's a serious injury where it's taken them much longer than it should to recover and stuff. But he's coming off a knee injury, which, I mean, Bisbing got to got to postpone shit because of a knee injury. He didn't have to fight UL. 
which is how we got to the interim title in the first place. Yeah, because yeah, because I guess it was two oh six was when uh, Connor was officially stripped, right? Because that was the Pettis and Holloway interim fight. Yeah. Yeah, it's just I mean the whole the whole everything is just all it's all mucked up. Like, are they going to go to have a pay per view where it's going to be Whitaker versus whoever and GSP versus whoever? It could very well be. One's at two twenty one, one's at two twenty three, and then it in July they fight the two winners fight to like it's like the whole thing is just a mess. Like, yep, it's a mess they created. They nobody made them do this. They created these situations, and now they've got to figure it all out. <clears throat> and well, some guys they can control. Some guys they can. You still have that lightweight division too. That's like, well, is, when's Connor gonna fight? Because like, I mean, that's the division out. that has the the biggest shining light on it because of this situation. But I mean, now it's going to become apparent in the 185 division <laughs> where you say how much do you give? I guess it's a little bit different because they finally just now gave a, a 155. Um, interim title just here recently, right. whereas Bobby Knuckles won the title a few months ago and has had it. Right. So, and and the thing just too is like with 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 the uh, with Whitaker, his was one of the only ones where like was a defendable interim title fight because Bisbing did when GSP was said he was hurt. Bisbing did take time off for an injury as well, quote unquote, regardless of it's true or not. That is the only time where I see an interim title being justifiable. But at this point here, now you have GSP, you have Whitaker. You have to make him sign a contract in my eyes. If you can't do it in Australia, sorry. But you have to have those guys fight for the title in one way, shape, or another. Yeah. I mean, in a perfect world, sure. But again, GSP holds the cards, and who's the bigger money fight? Is it fighting? Is it, <laughs> yeah, not 85. Well, yeah, I mean, it is, but it's not going to happen. Um, no. But it's, is, is it fighting the 170-pound champion, either dropping down to 170 pounds, your old old weight class that you dominated for years and years, or is is it taking it on at 185 and defending your title? Right. E- either way, it's it's that's probably the bigger fight than than fighting it to unify the belt with with Bobby Knuckles. I want that fight. I want that fight a lot. I would rather <laughs> I would rather watch Whitaker and GSP than uh, than Woodley. For sure, I would much rather see the current GSP, <clears throat> but I wonder if the UFC is going to go the angle of having um, another guy with two tiles at the same time, even though he can't logically defend them both properly. The amount of but the only way that happens is if he goes down to one seventy. One seventy, yeah. But then they're going to strip him. Thing. If he goes down and gets the middle, the welterweight title. He's going to get stripped of the 85 title, and it's just going to end up with, with Whitaker anyway. 
So he's still yeah. going to clog up the he's still going to clog up the division, dropping down to 170 pounds. Dana White was saying before this fight even happened, like tonight's fight, he said if GSP wins, he's probably not going to defend the title, and we're going to promote um, Whitaker. Like they were already preparing themselves to do this, but now it's just a matter of do they stand by their guns? Well, Dana White says a lot of things. A lot of things. I don't take 90% of the shit that comes out of Dana White's mouth for anything because most of it is half-assed talk, and he doesn't back most of it up, and he backpedals to what's going to make the company the most money, which is what his job is. But I can see where they're going to They're not going to immediately strip him. Even if he goes after the 170 pound thing, because what if he loses the title fight against Woodley, they're not gonna, they're still gonna let him keep the 85 belt and try to defend it. I'm sure. I could see that for sure. Yeah, like have him if he gets down and uh, for whatever pay per view and fights um, Woodley wins that, then they say your next fight has to be at 185. I could definitely. I could definitely see them one to something like that. So there you go. Even if they do eventually strip him, how long does that clog the division up? Quite a while. Most like, um, I mean, there there wasn't uh, an interim and an undisputed, but like when Barat was uh, the interim champion, when Cruz was out hurt and he was like defending the interim championship like two or three times before he actually was promoted to undisputed. Like, yeah. But, I mean, that was because the champion couldn't fight. The champion oh, no, just I won't defend. That, that, no, I know. I'm just saying, like, it's one of those situations where, like, how like how many times do you want to have an interim title being defended while the true championship is just sitting on the sidelines? Like, at what point do you say, yeah, enough is enough? Like, you're, like it took them 13 months for Connor. Yeah, 13 months and counting. Yeah, cause he's uh, yeah he he well today today's the one year anniversary of the double champ, so he he hasn't defended his his lightweight strap in in one full year. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So yay, more fuckery at one eighty five. Hooray! 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 One division that doesn't have a bunch of fuckery now is 135. TJ Dillashaw is once again champion, like I said he would be. Yeah, that the end of that first round was... Oh, scary shit. When he was standing up to go to the corner, and he could, like, he just... He wasn't wobbly, but he just didn't... He just looked like there was a lot of cobwebs up there. Oh, his legs were... His one leg was kind of fucky. He wasn't walking right. He had a little stumble in him. Yeah, I'll have to go back and, and watch that part. But yeah, um, yeah, like I mean, what I mean, I don't know what to say, but like, just props to TJ. Like he came back from that and landed two head kicks. One of them that floored uh, Cody before putting him away. But just and just yeah, that left hook. But making look so easy too. Cody looked really strong early in the fight, you know, and and even into that second round somewhat, you know, with the 
the way he was pairing shots and and when they were getting into exchanges when TJ wasn't fighting smart you know Cody was definitely getting the best of him that speed the hand speed was coming through and his ability to just slip inches out of yeah. range and and come back but yeah like TJ TJ was throwing a lot and he was missing a lot but it also seemed like um a matter of time before something connected and Cody was fighting I think he was fighting more with more much more anger and emotion in this fight than I think he did. He fought tonight with the, the anger and the emotion that I kind of expected to happen with the the Cruz fight that, you know, he showed the the maturity and the uh the restraint and smarts not to fight with his heart and with his anger and emotion. But you could see he want he wanted to to uh to take Dillashaw's head. Yeah. And, the, and and put it on a plaque and bring it back to to Team Alpha Male and hang it on the wall. Yep. Or I even just fucking put that shit on a spear and right in the middle yeah. of the room, spike that yeah. bitch. Yeah. It. I mean, TJ showed that like he, TJ showed the the championship pedigree really. And you know, in thinking about it, my statement to open this this fight was false because. TJ called out fucking Demetrius, so it does clog the goddamn division up again. Well, that's right, he did too. <laughs> yep. I mean, that mean that means nothing though, because that that's all. If, if DJ refuses that fight, then TJ just has to sit back and just keep fighting one thirty five. Like, well, if <laughs> if DJ refuses <laughs> the fight, but the thing is, it, it, really, it makes sense for him to take the fight because what fight next at one hundred and twenty five is going to make Again, oh, it comes yeah. down to money. It was going to make DJ finally get some money. Finally get a money fight. Well, it's funny because uh, at the end when he was calling out DJ, and I, and I was like, oh, get out of here. Don't call him out. And Kara goes, well, you don't want him, you want, uh, him to fight Mighty Mouse? I'm like, no, because he's never fought at division. In what world does a guy just automatically get a title shot when he's never fought at, at the division? And right after I said, I'm like, oh, GSP Bisbee's up next. Never mind. <laughs> like, ate my words instantly. Just like, never mind. It can't happen. Right. I'm sorry. I was, I misspoke. But yeah, like it's, uh, yeah, that's, that's the other big thing. Because even going into this fight was Cody says, I'm going to take TJ's head. And then I'm going to, I'm going after uh, DJ's belt too. Yeah. It's this is the era that we. It's a, such a weird era because before it used to be like you know the, your Silvas, your Joneses, your GSPs, where it was you BJ Pens, you get the belt and you just defend, 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 defend. And now it's all about just you know get as many belts in as many divisions as you can, make the paydays, main event, all the cards you possibly can. Like it's smart financially, but it's the UFC is not the right to, sport to have. It's like you need to have like different organizations cross-promoting kind of like how they do in boxing, like different belts floating around at all times in order to have this kind of scenario. And it, oh, shit. Almost lost you, Ryan. I'm, I'm down. I'm down. Oh, oh. hey, Jeff. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Hey, I caught you. That's the important thing. <laughs> I caught you. My foot got caught in the cord. It's fucking... 124 officially but 2.30 in the goddamn morning yeah <laughs> um 
but there's a lot of good fights to be made back at 135. You know, you've got this rematch. You've got the rematch with Cruz with Dillashaw. That's yeah. If he gets past Rivera, I, I definitely want to re- see that one to go. Uh, those two go again at it. Uh, or even Jimmy Rivera if he beats Dominic Cruz. Yeah, he'd have a great argument for the fight. I mean, <clears throat> and that's like for me, like I don't know why these guys like a, a TJ doesn't want to fight the best contender in his weight class. Like, I get, I yeah, I get the whole money thing and the belt thing, but at the same time, it's like just crush the like really defend your title two, three, four times, show that you are what you are, and then go after the belt. But think about this too. This is Cody, or this is TJ's first time co, even co-main eventing a pay-per-view in how many years? He, because... Twenty when he fought 16. when he fought Joe Soto. Yeah, so twenty fifteen he had two two main events. Yep, and then that was it because the Joe Soto fight tanked so bad pay per view sales because of Brown <laughs> being knocked out the last minute, right before the fight, so badly that the next time he fought to defend his title against Henan Brown, it was for free. On Fox, that, but and but that, that's the thing. Like, if TJ can't sell pay per views and DJ can't sell pay per views, then put them both together could spell the exact same thing. Like, except like, for except for the fact that you have champion versus champion, and for people that follow Mighty Mouse but don't really watch his fights because a lot of the guys that he fights. It's kind of well known that he's just going to walk all over everybody. He's just right. such an advanced fighter. But TJ presents another problem. And TJ has learned things from watching, like, Joseph Benavides fight him now a couple of times. Right, and, yeah. And has, you know, one of the best minds in the in the game in his corner as yeah. and as does Mighty Mouse because Matt Hume is a fucking extremely extremely smart MMA coach. Yeah, I'd say those guys are probably like easily two of the top four today. Well they are they when, are but their you, greatest successes when, when are each that, when you see the game plans that they've put together Fight to fight to fight to fight, like it always changing, always building and always adding to their fighters' repertoire. But, but the thing is with with each of them is they're only really known for doing it with one fighter. While while like Dwayne like Dwayne works with other fighters and you know he works with with Joey B and stuff like that. Like TJ is the name you think of when you think of Dwayne Ludwig fighters. Right, and I can't tell you another fighter that Matt Hume coaches. And you have to wonder, like, if those guys did have a stable of three to five or six fighters, where they would be at. Like, would Mighty Mouse have lost his belt? Would TJ be the like, the champion today? Well, like, 
I think the possibility for a guy like Dwayne could have been there if it's not for Mighty Mouse because, you know, Joseph Benavidez could have a very good stake and claim for that 125-pound championship if he hadn't been beaten twice. Right, yeah. You know, because he's beaten everybody else in the division. So it, it does it, – there is – that would have been a chance for Dwayne to have two champions. And, you know, so it, it's just – I think it, I think it's an interesting battle. And it definitely is – an it, it's enough of an interesting fight for a guy like Mighty Mouse, especially now – <laughs> where he's coming off one of his most exciting finishes and TJ is coming off of winning a title in a high-profile feud, uh, right. co-headlining co one of the biggest events of the year. So it, it's, it's the smart fight. It's the smart next fight for DJ, and it is for TJ, and he knows it. That's the money fight. <clears throat> the yeah, and then the and then we get uh, the, the winner of Cruz versus and Rivera versus Cody for the interim. <laughs> I mean, it's always a good possibility. Is what you gotta do to sell fucking fights these days is slap an interim title on it. But everyone gets a belt. Yep, <clears throat> that's what I said a long time ago. Yeah, fucking Oprah. <laughs> Oprah. Biggest surprise of the night, man. My fucking girl. She did it. She did it. You know, I I wanted to pick her on Thursday or Wednesday just because, just for you. So I wanted to go with that no no chance in hell to take the pick. But I couldn't figure out, like, if I said, ah, Rose is going to win by, I don't know. I got, I couldn't give a reason as to how she was going to win. So I just had to ride with Joanna because it seemed the most logical way to go. The logical, I mean, if you were going to pick Rose, the logical way would have been by submission because that's her thing. That's her specialty. Right. Her winning this fight by TKO and stop, or by knockout stoppage. Submission. Well, yeah, that's, I mean, technically she did, but that's how they announced it was by, by no, knockout. It, yeah. But she did tap, did tap to strikes. That was just. I mean, upset. Where do you rank that uh, as an upset all time? Where do you put that one? I brought that up with Tony, and I, I think it jumps. It it definitely jumps into the discussion for the greatest upset in UFC history. Right. As far as titles, I mean, title fights for sure. And it's one of the weird ones too when it comes to like, upsets because. She's not like it's not like she has like a, a, a kind of shady record. Like it was just it was just that she was going up against a buzzsaw and was expected to. It's like it, if she was fighting anyone else, you would pick Rose. It was just who she was going up against. Well, it, it's that, and it's that she's young and for and and has the the reputation of of possibly being a little bit. Um, Easily broken mentally. Right. Um, and then and that was the thing that I was worried about with her. Was Well, and that's how it looked all week. Yeah, like, it did. Like we were talking about before we, uh, we recorded, recorded, like, all week long, the, just 
the look on her face was just like it was just like was she trying to put the face on to not look intimidated or to not look scary but it turned out that she was just it's almost she was like just psyching herself to not be intimidated she yep. was just mentally preparing herself like she she, she, she took that big turn said she was just repeating her mantra over and yep. over again the, the fact that she fin you know it was her hands and it's not super surprising I mean, it, it's surprising. It shouldn't be as surprising when you take into consideration who her coach is and that Trevor Whitman is a really right. good striking coach. And we have seen her striking improve, you know, with um, with like the head kick to uh, to Michelle Watterson. And Michelle Watterson, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Thugs definitely, she's the submission girl. She's got a 75% submission uh, finish, but her, her striking has... has long since improved since leaving Duke Rufus and, and going over with with Trevor Whitman. Yeah, I mean, just the way even the, the way the fight started where at uh, uh, going over the rules and Yuan just got crouched down, got right in her face and even when she was being introdu- introduced and she talked about the boogie woman again and all that kind of stuff, like it just seemed like it was it preparing itself to be a long night for Rose, but Rose just I didn't know what her game plan was it was just, just it wasn't like survive for a couple rounds and see what you can do it was just kick ass and fuck she did it yeah. it was knock around her goddamn ass fucking put her to sleep it I mean I for me it was probably the, the biggest upset but I don't know I'd have to go and take probably take a look at Sides of like St. Pierre, Sarah, and maybe Brow de la Shaw. I'd want to go back and look at some other high, high, high profile upsets to kind of see where I would put this one. But it just like it, everything about Yuana losing tells me it has to be the biggest upset, unless it's someone like Quadriga Dalia in their second fight kind of deal. Well, I definitely. I've I've long since said that Sarah GSP is probably, in my opinion, the biggest upset in in UFC history. Um, Dillashaw Burrell was a really big upset, and I rode with TJ for that one. I, I stand by that. Almost, I've been with this dude for a while, but. Um, I didn't consider it bigger. I didn't think that upset was bigger, personally, than than Matt Sarah coming in and first round stoppaging George St. Pierre in in the prime you run of that title. Well, you see, like, I don't look at like, the hard thing for me for St. Uh, Pierre's loss to Sarah, and I and I know we've been over this, but like yeah, that was his first defense. He could have easily been. Lost that belt and never came back and got and, and got the and went it back very easily. So I think the the fact that that loss shines so bright is because of what he did afterwards. Because at the time, like same, like Sarah had was a UFC vet when he got that shot. But he was a UFC vet that only got that shot. It wasn't a shot he earned fighting through the ranks of the UFC. It was a shot he got winning the tough show. But that was all against other UFC vets. 
yeah, some not real great UFC vets either. Like, well, not no, like, like fucking Mikey Burnett and Shoney Carter, oh, who not. has never had never improved off of the the Matt Sarah spinning back fist win, you know, no, shit but, like that. But he wasn't he Matt wasn't fighting through the ranks of the welterweights. He didn't beat Matt Hughes to get to that title shot. No. So, but I mean, but you're that, a, a a GSP though, who again, like he had lost his title fight to to Hughes, came back and won the belt, and and in in his first defense, lost. Like that, I mean, but, to me, it's harder. It's hard to call it a huge upset when it's the first defense, and you don't know what this person's going to do going forward. It is to when me, you're it is I, when you're coming off of defeating who was and up until that point the arguable greatest welterweight of all time. And you destroyed him. So all the hype that you had built up, getting into that first title fight or second title fight with Hughes, and then you rebound off of that loss that you took and destroyed him. It it does amplify it a lot more because oh no, it definitely does. But it's like if he had defended that title three, four, five times like how Yoana did or like Ronda Rousey did, and then met a loss uh, to a, a shocking loss. I think the upset shines there. Well, yeah, so it's, it's it would have been even <laughs> bigger of an upset had that happened, but it still comes off as the greatest upset because like it's a guy, it, it's a guy that won the title shot off of a show, not – some it would have been just like if Tim Elliott would have finished off Mighty Mouse. Yeah, he beat a bunch of guys that were champions on the show, but not at that caliber of level of champion. But then, but now, but then again, you're but now you're saying someone who defended the title nine times against someone who never defended the title once. I'm just using the analogy of oh, somebody no, get getting the... a title shot off of winning a show. It's not like T.J. Dillashaw was coming off the ultimate fighter when he beat Henan Barrow. He had been tearing through the ranks of that division. Right, right. So the fact that he had been beating high-caliber ca- guys in that division and then beat Henan Barrow, to me, does not show as much of a bigger upset than a guy that came off of a show beating other people that, that moved up a division from where he fought when he fought in the UFC. Difference of opinion. Yeah. <laughs> but I definitely put Rose in the discussion for the top spot. And arguably could be the top spot. I, I said that after the fight that it's probably the biggest upset. <coughs> And she got performance too. So I mean, she got a double payday. So good for her on that. Yeah. Yeah. Wonder Boy came in and did what Wonder Boy does, and outpointed Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, they, and that's what, like they pointed that out a lot throughout that uh, throughout that fight. How his he's just popping in, popping out, and. Masvidal just had. I mean, he landed a couple shots here and there, and his, his leg strikes were on point. But Wonderboy does, like you said, what Wonderboy does. 
Yeah, well, I mean, for him, I'm sure the power that Jorge Masvidal was hitting him with didn't really feel as bad as some of the power he took from Tyron Woodley. Oh, de- no, <laughs> definitely. Like the, uh, I mean, his leg and uh, part, like his uh, his left side of his body was pretty uh, chewed up by the end of that fight. But I mean, Masvidal ate some really clean strikes. I mean, he, I mean. They said he hasn't been finished in seven, eight years. So he showed, I mean, God, like, Masvidal, it seems like he's that guy now that he had that big climb up and was right there to get the tail shot. And now, will he ever get that tail shot? Uh, it won't be anytime soon. Because, I mean, yeah, like, I, mean, I don't know. I don't know what. He just seems to. He, he, I think he got too caught. I mean, Wonderboy stance probably did throw him off, but I don't know. He just didn't. His game plan just seemed to to leave him early on in that fight. He just kind of fell into, like you said, the point karate. He just fell into eat the shots and until it got kind of late in the fight, and he got desperate and tried to rush in to get the finishes. And he had landed some good shots, and he did kind of he landed some uh, some flush punches on um, on Thompson, but just. Too little, too late, and not hard enough when he had, when it had to be. Yep, and then, like I said, I mean, Wonder Boy had probably at that point taken harder shots from yeah from the guy like Cameron Woodley. Uh, I I don't know what's next for for Wonder Boy. He's definitely not getting a title shot. Not. Not this soon. Somebody else has got to get a shot. Maybe even two people. Who knows? Yes, especially after those two performances. And like, <clears throat> like, we, like we talked about at the beginning, unless Woodley jumps up to 185 and fights GSP and they decide to do an interim Walter White, that's, I, I don't see. I mean, maybe I, I'd be down to see him fight uh, Covington next. But Yeah, I think him and Covington is a fight that makes sense. I mean, because then you got the, the one, two, or two and three, depending on where they sit uh, when the rankings come out. I mean, just do it up. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I I think, like you said, and and I agree one hundred percent that Covington is a fight that makes sense, but also could potentially be a pretty boring fight. Yeah, it has the potential of being like, yeah, like it, 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 it has um, Woodley Wonderboy written all over it. The wrestler versus the versus the karate guy. One doesn't want to rush in for the takedown to get in a, a fear of getting knocked out. One doesn't want to open himself up to get taken down and get just ground and pounded. I think I actually think uh, Covington would open up in that fight more and take more shots because. Um... He knows he's a far stronger wrestler. Yeah, because I, I I think that after the uh, the Maya fight, Covington realizes he's got to work on that striking a lot because a a, a tough uh, a tough a tough puncher would do a lot more damage than what Damian Maya did to him. Yes, but. I think he also knows that he can take the damage and and give it back. So 
Um, Paula Costa, the eraser, did exactly that to Johnny Hendricks. I, I couldn't believe Johnny made it out of the first round, to be honest with you. Yeah, I was surprised uh, that he got that he went as long as he did. Those body kicks were fucking disgusting. Well, when that second round started up and they zoomed in on him, he was just tattooed red all over his body. Yeah. Yep. That was ugly for Johnny. The, the good thing for 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 Johnny Hendricks though is that he's now a free agent. So now he has the possibility of going over to Bellator and just. Doing what he wants to do there. Well, good. <laughs> good. Because, yeah, something's got to change. Something's just got to change. Yeah, because I don't know what you would do with him now at middleweight. Like, unless you want to just have him get, like, uh, the gladiators, just have him get killed in the octagon. Yeah. Costa's a murderer, man. He is a murderer. I'm interested to see what happens to him beyond the second round. Yeah, like, <laughs> he definitely looks like the kind of guy who could go on a really long tear, but also the kind of guy who could uh, go on a, a pretty good slump. Well, the problem is that he carry he carries so much muscle that yeah it makes it easier for him to get tired. And he throws with fucking reckless abandon. Yeah, he threw a lot of punches tonight <laughs> at, at Hendricks that were pointless to throw. And that was where I started getting that creepy thought of uh, could Hendricks land that one? Could it could uh, could Borden Sheena get a little gassed and just eat something and that'd be the end of it? Yeah. God, he's scary. He is a scary motherfucker. Yeah. Interested to see if he uh, if he gets ranked higher, or if he moves up at all in anything. He's not even in the top 15, I don't think, right? No, I think this is only his third fight I think, in the UFC. I think, I, I or maybe it's his third straight win. I'm not... Not a hundred percent. I'd have to look that one up. But I mean, he's young. He's ten and 0, 11 and zero now. There's definitely some fun matchups possible for him. Yeah. But like you said, like what does he do third round? And if it's a fight night main event, does he go? Is he able to hit those fourth and fifth rounds and still <clears throat> look as crisp as he did in the first two rounds? Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, that's that's the question. I don't know if he's. I don't know if he can make it out of a second round and how much he loses on the gas. Because yeah, like the wrong person, like, like a Yoel, if a Yoel or a Chris Weidman, like a good wrestler, they will take him down. They could make the night very long for him. Well, I mean, Bamboje took him down quite a bit. That's true. Yeah. So oh, yeah, the problem for Bomboja was as he got tired sooner. Right, but I'm just saying, like, even I mean, he oh, was no, able I to agree. take him, he was able to take him down a bunch. So who knows what a really good solid wrestler like a Luke Rockhold, uh, Chris Weidman, or Yoel Romero could do. 
Oh, uh, Joe or uh, James Vick looked really good picking up the the KO win over Joe Duffy. <laughs> yeah, Duffy looked like it was he was gonna have a, a, an easy night in that first round for the most part. Duffy was looking That's really sick. solid, and then that second round, Vic just opened up and got his game plan going, and it was like one second left in the first round. Well, I mean, five seconds left. He hit that uppercut and just did some damage. I th- I think that they probably could let it go. I think Duffy was doing enough to defend himself for the sake of that one second, but I mean, I don't think that uh, it would have, if it went to the third round, I don't think it would have been uh, Duffy's night. No. So I think, I mean, it probably did just kind of uh, spare him some extra damage going forward in that fight, but Vic just, I mean, Vic finally learned there, you know, tonight by going over and Deshaun Shelby calling out names and going on the mic and saying like let's do this like uh we're gonna be in texas in february like i want a main event and let's do it so he's learning hopefully he can uh start moving up for, uh moving up in the rankings more and pushing himself forward because he's fun he's young he's crisp and he's a sponge like he just learns and learns he absorbs everything and he gets better with every fight yeah it's time to give him a, a ranked opponent and then see what happens yeah let him let him show he what he can do. Only, I think he said he's the only fighter that's eight and one that's not ranked or something like that. Yeah, or top ten or something like that. Like, so yeah, like do something with them. Like you, you need these lightweight, these lightweight guys. There's a there's a perfect one for you. Yeah, he he's got the makings of somebody that could get a really good push. So. I like his personality. Yeah. He's just a scrapper. He just gets in there and fights and mixes it up and is dangerous yeah. with his hands. He's dangerous on the ground. Well, let's get into Do you want to talk about the weird shit from the evening? <coughs> yeah, definitely. So the first weird fucking DQ, Walt Harris, uh, gets disqualified for uh kick to the face off of a foul he was the fight was being stopped because Mark Godbeer got kneed in the groin as it came up into the midsection and the ref was trying to stop the fight and was a little bit slower on the draw and Walt Harris connected with a kick to the face that basically yep. ended Mark Godbeer's night and the doctor stopped the fight. Yeah. And and at first I was really like I couldn't figure really what was happening. I thought it was more the uh just trying to figure out how much time it was gonna take, if it was gonna take it, he was good to go. And then when they showed the replays, you see him beginning to to, to lift up the leg for the kick and then the referee steps in. The momentum that he was throwing forward, he was always going to throw that kick. It just happened to hit him. There's, I mean, if anyone's going to get disqualified, it's the referee for not jumping in sooner. Um, specifically because we've seen guys get need in the gut, and they do the exact same reaction <laughs> that Godbeer had. So when a guy turns around, you don't know where you necessarily hit him. The referee hasn't stopped the fight, so he's turned his back. He's still an opponent. He winds up for the kick. Referee's late. 
kick lands, referee shoves it, ends the fight, or pauses the fight for whatever reasoning. Well, I don't know, though, because, no because the ref was yelling time multiple times before he threw that kick. He said time, like, three or four times. Yeah, but, I mean, in I thought it was, like... I thought in the beginning, I was kind of leaning with Walt Harris and just like, all right. And I don't think he did it maliciously to try to attack someone off of a break, you know, in the action and the ref stopping it and shit. Right. But I do think, I do think he could have pulled back a little, um, because it was clear in the replay that the ref, but I mean, momentum forward, you know, forward thinking shit like that. It is what it is. Yeah. And when you have all that stuff, like, you're in the middle of a fight. You have all the crowd all around you going, 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 and all that stuff's happening. It's hard. Like, that's whether if he's, you jump in also or like, just yelling time doesn't just pause everything, you know. But I see what you're saying. Like, if, like, I don't know, I just think the referee should have been a little quicker to the draw. Yeah. Well, so... Walt Harris gets DQ'd. Uh, Ovin Saint... <laughs> what? Yeah, two losses and two cards. <laughs> yep. Ovin St. Prue knocks Corey Anderson the fuck out. Wow. Yeah, that was kick. fucking ugly. Wallop head kick. Uh, St. Prue continues on a roll. Yeah, and that was the uh, that was the not he needed to finish that fight because Anderson was looking really good in those first two rounds, taking him down. I mean, St. Prue did uh, did stuff a lot of the takedowns, but he was taking on a lot, and Anderson was doing a lot of damage in the first round and going for like OSP needed to finish it, and he landed like one or two, maybe three similar head kicks uh but this one was just one of those ones where anderson had his head down more of the way the block and he just ate the whole thing yeah i don't i don't have a lot to add i actually didn't get to see this fight live well i saw some of it and then i had to leave to go pick up our pizza so i did miss it i only knew about it i saw the replay Later, but I still I gotta go back tomorrow and rewatch that fight so I can see it myself. Um, Randy Brown gets the decision over Mickey Gall. Uh, man, I mean, I don't know. Both guys had top position. I mean, the whole fight was basically about top position. Yeah, Randy Brown had eight minutes of control, almost nine. Yeah. Mickey and he, he submissions looked, attempted. Yeah, yeah. When he he looked good. Yeah, whenever Mickey looked like he was going to attempt something, Brown just kept on going on top and just did his thing. And when Mickey was on top, he did. I mean, it was just it was your basic grappler kind of fight, and Brown just happened to be on the the lucky end of having more dominance uh, on the ground. Well, I mean, and Brown has had more time and experience in the trenches like that. Right against some better competition than Mickey Gall has fought. So, hey, Mickey Gall fought 
fought the uh, a guy who had the WWF championship for 500 plus days. Come on. Cool. <laughs> uh, the other <gasps> fucky fight of the night was uh, Curtis Blades ended up getting the KO in this one. Um, but the fight was stopped <coughs> because of a head kick, even though it grazed his ear. And Alexi Olnick, I thought, I think he was kind of trying to play it up a little bit, even though he he was getting beaten on before that anyway. But I think he was trying to play it up to just get the win. Right. So he kind of was like, oh, yeah, I can't continue. But it ended up being and, – and Blades was pissed. He thought he was going to get disqualified and lose the fight. It turned out he got the win. Yeah, and good for him. Yeah, it was a, it was a good fight. I mean, a good fight. It was an okay fight. Curtis Blades looked good. Um, I couldn't believe he kicked him in the face. There was a lot of fucking head kicks tonight. Yeah, there was. A lot of head kicks. And uh, in the opening fight, <gasps> Eamon Zahabi got his jaw broken. Oh, God, that spinning back. Like, I think I messaged you. I didn't get to see that fight. Um, I didn't have the fight press uh, prelims, but... You go back and you watch it. Ramos throws the spinning elbow, and all the hobby does is just fun putting himself in the position to eat a second spinning elbow and gets floored. Oh shit! Speaking of things, did you notice when Rose was in the middle of of knocking out Ioana, she caught her with a knee on the way down. No, I didn't. Yeah. As she's dropping, uh, she catches her with a knee. Like, oh, I gotta, like watch that. Yeah, you can you can see it wasn't like super forceful, I don't think, but it was you know something to finish her off. And like caught her as she was dropping. I think before, right before what about, she... uh, GSP when he was uh, I think it was the second round attempting the second maybe even the first round attempting the takedown <clears throat> basically ripped Bisping's uh, pants off. Yeah, I said it, something uh, about the destroying the cup. Said something about him trying like, to get up in Bisping's booty. Yeah, like ends up but Bisping just having to shove a cup in his underwear and just hoping that didn't move out of place. I think my exact quote was GSP's trying to win by penetration. <laughs> I am impressed with my performance. I uh, I am very impressed with this uh, performance. Yeah. Uh, way to way to way to. But I mean, I mean, this. You know, when it comes to for the when it comes down to just like pure main card, I think tonight might be just one of like probably one of the top three. When it comes to upsets and performances and just everything, like it would, it's it's up there for me. Yeah, it was a pretty crazy card. It started off really weird with some of these, uh, some of these fights, but you know, finished strong in the end, and definitely delivered. Worthwhile. Yeah. Worthwhile, man. I'm really high, and I'm fucking really tired. 
<laughs> Holy shit, it's been a long day. And we are, uh, we're about an hour, a little over an hour into this thing, so what do you say we call her a night? Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. We'll, uh, we'll pick up where we, uh, we'll pick up with, uh, the this week. Yeah, we'll figure something out. So, uh, yeah, why don't you, uh, why don't you give me my, your, your closing thoughts on the card tonight? I'll just leave it the same way that I did, um, I think we had Run the Jewels playing the other night when we were closing out uh, the show, when we were previewing the show, and I was living the same way. And new, middleweight champion of the world. All right. All right. Congrats to my girl, Rose. Even though they screwed up your, your walkout music, I'm hoping that you were you were supposed to come out to Run the Jewels and they just fucked it up. But, uh, yeah, congrats to you. I'm pulling off one of the biggest upsets in, in the, the UFC title history for sure. And uh, GSP, I ate my words, man. You did it. Congrats. So, for Ryan, I'm Jeff. Thank you guys for tuning in to After the Bell. We'll see you guys next week for another episode of the Average Joe's MMA Show.